Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already, it is August 10th, it is Good Friday. We have, I think, Passover this weekend. We have Easter, and then we have Ramadan coming in the, at the end of the month. And there's just a lot of religion going on all of a sudden, isn't there? Um, it's, it's so interesting how everything is coming together. We're being questioned about church and about, you know, what's it's strong enough or important enough for us to jump into, to go to. But... It's a blanket, don't go anywhere, right? Just a flat-out blanket, don't go anywhere. And we're learning, (laughs) thank God for computers, right, because it's lifetime. We can do these things from home, or there is a way, there's an alternative to what's going on. But right now, in what a weekend to talk about it with religion um, being the forefront of many talks, um... It's Good Friday, and I happen to have seen Christ a few times. It's been happening a little bit more lately. It gets quiet. One time it got quiet for over four years, and I thought I was done, but it turned out that wasn't the case. And I got a question from Christopher that says, Good morning, Nadia. Questions for Easter. Do you know what that means that Christ died for my sin or Christ's blood sanctified? By sin, I mean ignorance or lack of self-understanding and accountabilities of actions and intentions. How does that work? That Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago, what does that have to do with your life today? Do you understand this as opposed to affirm it? Thanks. I don't know if I understand it. I don't know what your intentions are behind your question. But I do know that there's some things that I was told and some things that I was not told. And one of the things that I was told was that he, when he was right before, because he knew he was going to be put up there. I mean, everybody knows before they're put up there. That's how they actually punished people of that time, common criminals. The thing was, though, that Christ was not a criminal. He was a threat. But he understood that what happens to one can happen to all, and it it happened to him. He never at that time, at least not from what he told me, said, I am dying for your sin or your sins. A lot of that came after A lot of that came after, and there's a lot of mystery and questions around what happened that even I don't have answers to other than the obvious, but there's a reason for that. That mystery keeps us talking about it, but before Christ died, he didn't walk around telling people they were sinners or not. 
the fact that we were told original sin, and this is something that I was told, was that what if we were taught not through original sin, but original love, that we were original love. We would be different. But when someone tells you you're bad and you have to earn good, how do you feel? And so he did say that there were things we were taught in error, meaning we were taught to put us off, and that when once we accepted that we were bad before we're good, that we would we are always being tempted to do something wrong, we started doing those very things we were tempted to because now we were hyper focused. It's like the the dreams that I keep getting from that one person who's all wrapped around dating and and sex and, and you know, it's because her culture just focused on that. So what does she do? She grows up and she focuses on that. It's the same thing with this. If someone tells you you're bad and you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to do anything bad, so you try to do something good all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a game in our brain. But when Christ told me that God is not a religion, what happened to my brain was, that when I started seeing what every religion was saying to its people, I found a lot of good in it, a lot of beautiful things, a lot of beautiful parables and stories, and I felt so encouraged. And then I started going to churches. I wanted to go to all these churches. I wanted to find someone who saw Christ the way I saw him because I wanted to believe myself that, my God, but it happened to me in a public place, so I couldn't deny that it happened, but I wanted someone to tell me what they saw to see if they saw what I saw. So I'm in these churches. I went to every kind of church. I went to a mosque. I I talked to people that were Jewish. I never did go to a synagogue because I would stick out. And I asked, I would wait till the end of the services, and I talked to the preacher, the priest. I would talk to everybody that I could end of it they would just look at me and one man I just never forget he put his hand on the Bible and said this is all I know I don't know anything else and it it's not that it scared him but our investment in the ways we were taught was that huge and I have lovey dove on from Arizona saying I think it's time we take our power back breaking old ways and patterns if anything did that that's happening right now in our history God is shining his light on every single thing that we had a convenience in in ignoring. And it's the stuff we needed to rebuild ourselves, and that's why we're here. But the, the, the thing I want to go back to, because Chris's question is one I get a lot, because people are so invested in sin so invested in what we can do wrong and we we bash each other for it and we tell each other how bad everybody is and you know I hear it a lot people and I'm like well people are you to other people where is our compassion because we didn't come here to be perfect 
but we put ourselves up to a standard that we could only fall down from. But Christ told me that he was not perfect, but that he was pure. Purity is what got him in trouble. Because at the time, the leaders were the people with the most money. And then here comes Christ showing up. And he was a leader, a natural born leader, based on truth and love and purity. And that was a threat at that time. And the humbling part was his lack of outward fear of what they were going to do to him. Because he was assured by God. There's a certain point in us where we don't actually feel pain. I know it sounds crazy, but we have adrenaline and it comes in. But we know that what people witnessed was their worst fear. Every human being on earth's worst fear is dying. So when we see someone die, we don't want that to happen to us, whatever it, however it is. Even if someone died in their sleep, we're horrified. And everything that we do is sold to us. And when we die, then we're focused. Forget living right now. When you die, so you better not do this and do that. And we start giving you the long list. I remember when I was younger being just raised as as a Muslim and, you know, not understanding when I saw Christ, I would want to ask him the kinds of questions that Chris is asking me, Christopher is asking me right now. Because I didn't even know those were questions. But I remember saying to my mom, okay, I know everything I can't do, but what can I do? She said, well, just do what's right. And I'm like, what, do you, what is right? Your reputation. No one should ever be able to say you did this and this and this, so don't ever do it. And it all had to do with stuff I didn't even care about in the first place or even know about some of it at the time. A lot of it had to do with sex or lying or stealing or cheating. And I said, yeah, well, people do that, but why, do we, why, do we, why are we attracted to it? Why do we do that? Why do we want to do that? And when we don't treat each other right, when we don't treat each other from a higher place of love, we're going to get injured love, and we've gotten every version of it to the point where the lack of love was running our world. And you know how it says, everything can change in a minute? Everything changed in a minute. You just witnessed it. Lovey Dove is saying, it's rare one encounters praise. It's confusing as a child. It is because we're trying to teach a child something that is not natural to them. 
being born in Chicago and being Muslim in what was a Christian world, which I didn't know either world. My parents were, my mom was working two jobs and my dad was working three. And we were just living. We weren't doing that great financially, but we weren't poor. We just weren't doing, you know, I mean, my parents had to work five jobs between the two of them. So that explains that to make ends meet so that, you know, they had three kids at the time. We ended up with six, but at that time we had three. And I remember at five years old, without anyone filtering my thoughts about a God or even telling me about God, because by then that conversation wasn't even in my world yet. Something in me knew, naturally knew there was a God. I remember being, you know, we moved in an area where there weren't, um, all the homes weren't built out yet when I was five years old. And I remember running in the prairie and I wanted a bike. I saw people had bikes and I wanted one. I didn't know how to ride one yet, but I figured I could learn. I never even thought about not learning. But I wanted a bike and I wanted to ask my parents for a bike. And I remember wanting so much to have it so I could ride around the block and do whatever everybody else was doing. But I remember wanting it. And I said, God, so I must have heard the term God because I asked him. I, I was just started talking to him. I said, I want a bike. I have to ask my mom and dad for a bike. I said, you know, if I want something, that means everybody wants something. Just give everybody what they want. That little thing told me a lot of stuff about myself and about people. That if nobody tells us anything, we know there's something bigger than us. We know in our hearts. We know that even though we are veiled from it, that there's a bigger part of us, that we are part of a whole and that there's something really good in us. I didn't just want something, but I understood in that moment that if I wanted something, so do other people. I naturally thought about other people. The first time I was exposed to limiting thoughts and fear was added into my thinking, was the very first time I ever walked into a church at eight years old. That was a defining moment. I went to a Sunday school, not a Sunday school, a um, Bible school that they had in the, it was called Vacation Bible School, and it was at a Baptist church in Chicago with my neighbor. It was like in the summer there wasn't that much to do. And my best friend was going to her church for vacation Bible school. And my mom, not even knowing what that was, sent me with her somewhere to go. The parents were driving them. They had somewhere to be. And then they were going to come back. So I went. The first day I go, they show us a film of a house burning. 
and they ask us, if you died tonight, do you know if you're going to heaven? I never thought about going to heaven or not. I never thought about being good or not. I just felt good. But now I had to think about that. So I go home. Now what, what, what did I go home with? Instead of that love and that freedom and that openness that I loved and felt naturally, I was scared my house was going to burn down. I was scared to sleep at night just in case it burned down while I was asleep. I was scared that I didn't earn heaven, which I didn't even know what I had to do to get there. Got in the way of how my love felt towards God. It made me scared of him, that he might do something that I can't handle, God forbid. But that's what happened. I was eight. I remember going home and asking my mom, if my house burned down tonight, would I go to heaven? She looked at me and asked me why I was even asking that question. She had to go and ask my neighbor's mom, my friend's mom. I know as a result of that that we naturally, without injury, without shaping, if we had no language, we would know there's God. It's something we feel, it's natural to us, more natural than telling ourselves that's not true. Lovey wrote, my mom was Catholic, my, my is Christian. At the end of the day, we are with the universe, just different beliefs. My father is Christian. My mom, obviously, is Muslim. And the Muslims believe that if your daughter marries a non-Muslim, you will not see her in heaven. And my sister married a Catholic man. And so his mother was very religious Catholic, and my mom was very religious Muslim. Initially, my mom wanted to do what they normally do in our community, and they basically just disowned their daughter. But my parents knew better. And at first, my mom did. She didn't want to see her. She told her, don't come. Don't come. You're bad now. One of my aunts saw my sister in a mall and spit on her. My sister kept talking to my dad. My dad kept calling my sister to check on her. And it would all be about, don't tell your mom. But then she was pregnant. She was about eight months pregnant. And my sister shows up at our house, rings the doorbell. My mom answers the doorbell and looks at her. And they both started crying. They couldn't stop. Because love won over and above all that stuff. Torture ourselves with that takes us apart rather than brings us together. To go back to our lack, our ignorance, by sin I mean ignorance or lack of self-understanding and accounting, accountabilities of actions and intentions, how does that work? We have to rise above the whole sin thing. Christ died of love 
that we imposed on him. And as a result, he is still finding ways to love us. His job is what he told me is love. But I got to see the example of it between a mother and a daughter, between my mom and my sister. My sister did walk in the house that she was never supposed to walk in again, sat at that kitchen table with my mom for eight hours. It took them about three to four to stop crying, looking at each other and crying. At the end of my mom's life, that sister was the one who helped my mom every single day. Love does win because something in us knows when something isn't right. And when we listen to what's not right, that's what Christ calls taught in error. But I learned another lesson from my sister's marriage. And they're still married. They've been married 30 years now, almost 30. Was My mom would say, but they're Catholic. I don't know what that is. I said, well, imagine them looking at you with a scarf on your head. You're Muslim, and they don't know what that is, except what's in the papers or in the news, and none of that is good. Imagine how they feel. I said, but look at you, so proud of being a good Muslim. And his mom, so proud of being a good Catholic, which is part of that generation of their time. I said, but what if you were born a Catholic? You would be, right now, a good Catholic. You just happen to be born Muslim, so now you're owning that, you're, you're living that. And you're trying to tell us, because of that, that you would have to separate from us. Really? God want us to separate from our families because he fell in love with someone who was different when to God nothing is different? That love is love is love is love? They wrote in the chat, your sister was eight months pregnant, and they sat for about eight hours. That was a nice ending. Yeah, a lot of eights going on in there for the two of them. At the end of my mom's life with my sister, taking my mom shopping, going everywhere, checking on her every day, they live close in proximity. At the end of it, she re-met all of our relatives that wouldn't talk to her, who saw her again, who loved her again. Everybody rose. And what happened to those restrictions or those what we called calling her a sinner, calling her bad, was that love understands that none of that is true. When we say that Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago, what does that have to do with your life today? I don't know. Because I only met Christ 18 years ago. 
or saw him only 18 years ago. And what does it mean to my life today? It's been the best resource I have had for the answers to the questions I've been asking prior to ever seeing him. Do you understand this as opposed to affirm it? That's what I don't know. I don't know how to understand it past what I know. And what I know is only from what I've learned from him since I've seen him. And there's a lot of stuff for my protection that I don't know, that nobody will know that's here, that's alive. Because the mystery of it is why we stay interested. That he told me. But we are not born sinners. I'm sorry to break anybody's investment. We are original love. My work that he has taught me, that he has shown me, that he has put me through experiences to see, all goes back to that very thing that we are love. And when I look at people, even when they upset my balance, where I, I'll read something or they'll say something or I'll meet someone that's off in energy, I do know in my heart that I love them. I may not like what they are doing or saying, but it doesn't mean I don't love them because I get who they are. I may not want to participate with what they're doing, but I get who they are. And they wrote in the chat, I'm grateful for the parents I was given, truly a blessing. Just to feel grateful for our parents, that is a blessing, because now we don't have to carry that baggage of they were this and they were that, because there was a period of time in our history that it was common talk to talk about everything bad our parents did. And Liam writes in the chat, tomorrow's the anniversary of seeing Christ, another year. Yeah, we'll be 18 years tomorrow. I saw him April 11th, 2002. I was 40 years old. I'm 58 now. And the good news is I don't feel any older than I did then, even though I really am. But you know what I mean. Time does go by fast. But we are naturally love. We will never, ever, ever, never not be so. We are stronger than we ever believed. God really does love us. I feel like we are all raindrops of God, but we're here. We're veiled from knowing everything. Nobody's here that knows everything, which forces us to need each other. And Christ was an example of accepting what was going on in that time, understanding that his death was going to bring light. And it did. And it took a while because initially they imprisoned everyone who believed in Christ. Because when Christ was here, there was not Christianity. But they released everyone from the prisons that they were arresting because there were too many of them. And as long as they didn't bother anyone, they could believe whatever they wanted to believe, and they set them free. 
because people will fight for love. Do fight for love because what we're ultimately doing is fighting for ourselves to be allowed, allowed to be who we are. And God's watching us evolve and we're doing a great job. Every once in a while we get a huge reminder like we're getting now in life to pay attention to what actually matters. When we get too far off, it doesn't mean we're so bad. It just means we've gotten way off the mark and then we need to get reeled in every once in a while. And so you'll see in history turnovers of the same things but different times in history. We, at this time, can take a deep breath and just realign ourselves, our souls. Think about God and allow yourself to be who you are. And you will feel that best part. My time is up. Have a great Easter weekend. I'll see you on Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily